Today is Friday, April 30th, 2021. Copper toxicity led me into natural healing, into meditation, and eventually into myself and my gifts. Copper imbalance, indeed, is often a sign that one is not living one's gifts and truths. If it takes copper imbalance to move you in a different direction, then it is a wonderful thing, though the suffering may not seem worth it right now. Dr. Lawrence Wilson. You're listening to episode 240, What You Didn't Know About Copper with Charlie Barker. That's a great question. I've, over the years, I've been able to really simplify the answer, so that's good. In a <laughs> nutshell, okay, in a nutshell, the cells of our body are your body as a whole is a flashlight, okay? And copper is the battery. The plants are the battery charger. They give an electron to the copper that the electron gives to our cells, which is critical for very, very for extreme amount of biochemical reactions just to rattle off you know a few of them is super oxide mutates where you take an oxygen neutralizing free radicals of, of oxygen you know oxygen's a great thing until it's missing an electron and and it can d- damage your dna so you know super uh, sod that's one atp you know adenosine triphosphate the currency of our life you know the bulk of that is made in the electron transport chain which is dependent on copper you know, there's the, in the electron transport chain, there's something called complex four or cytochrome C oxidase, same thing, but that process is dependent on copper. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, spending a little of your Friday with me. As always, very grateful to have you here with me today. I have a great episode to share with you, very interesting and unique episode. My guest today is Charlie Barker. He's a U.S. patent holder of the world's first bioavailable copper. He's certified in microscopic live blood analysis of enzyme potential, a live blood consultant using living foods as nutritional medicine, Trained in biological flow systems, auditing concepts, and methodologies for practical application. He's a Zyto Feedback Certified and Evox Certified Practitioner, an advanced practitioner in OurCoalition.org, applied microscopic technology for health education and audit processes. He obtained his high school and college education in Tucson, Arizona, and has a background in sales and marketing. Today, he's living his passion, trying to copy Mother Nature in mineral nutrition. He enjoys spending time in his laboratory working on mimicking Mother Nature's compounds and then watching the compounds as they are introduced to living cells. His product company, Mitosynergy, delivers the world's first bioavailable copper for human nutrition and optimal health. Today, I wanted to bring Charlie on the show to talk to you about copper. You know, copper is actually, believe it or not, uh, a really important nutrient in your diet, in your body 
for a lot of different things, for your emotions, for sleep, for energy, for your adrenals. Uh, And believe it or not, also, there's a lot of potential for toxicity from the environment, from mismanaged nutrients and nutrition, uh, from even some of the things that we take in supplements and things like that. You know, it's, it's a bigger problem than most people realize. And this is one of these interviews where it was kind of fun. It was, I ended up talking to Charlie about his product just randomly. I mean, I called him up. I had some questions about it because I was doing some research and it was one of those types of things where I'm like, man, I should have had the recorder playing. I need to have you on the show so we can talk about this for other people can realize uh, the importance of all the things we're going to be talking about today. So really cool stuff to do with health. If you're into health, if you want to learn a little more about health and, and wellness, it's a great episode. But also we're going to be talking about toxicity and you know a lot of things, like I said, copper has to do with a lot of emotion emotional feelings, psychological feelings. If you have a copper imbalance, there's a lot of important things that copper does in the body. So it's one of those that especially uh, if for long-term health, you want to get right. So if you want to get a little more info on Charlie's product, you can check it out at mitosynergy.com. It's spelled M-I-T-O-S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y. There's a little video explanation there as well, and you can get some of the products. So hope you enjoy this episode. Pass it along to anybody you know, if you, if you hear some things in there for somebody else, appreciate you share, sharing it with them. You never know. Some of this stuff is, is stuff that it took me, even though I'm a huge researcher of nutrition, I've learned about nutrition for the last 16 years. Uh, you know, it took me up until now to kind of really get to you, you know, so sharing is caring. You never know whose life you're going to change. Thank you so much for being here as always. Let's do this. What you didn't know about copper with Charlie Barker. Well, hey, it's good to have you on the show. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's so funny, this this whole conversation. I had another interview with a gal from a company called Spectracell. I don't know if you are familiar with that company, but... Uh, she's I a, am. Yeah, so I called them, and I had a bunch of questions about their micronutrient test a couple, like a year ago, and we ended up having this, like, really good conversation. I'm like, shit, I need to have my <laughs> recorder with me all the time. And so the same thing kind of happened with you, uh, and, and copper. And I was like, man, you know, I really need to get him on the show because I don't think that many people really even understand the kind of things we're going to talk about in this interview, let alone what copper toxicity is, how to use copper, um, you know, why it's so important. I mean, it's just such an interesting mineral, you know, it's just really, it's an interesting mineral out of all of them. It's, it has so many considerations, especially because it can be so toxic. So, Glad to have you on the show. I'm, I'm excited to, to chat. I mean, how did you get in this path pretty much? How did you get into nutrition? Were you always into like health and research or does something kind of make you uh, get on this path? You know, that's a great question. But before I answer that, I'd like to uh, tell you, like you said something I just wanted to, to re-hit on. Copper is so misunderstood. I think it is the most misunderstood mineral out there. And not only maybe a mineral, but also element. Hmm. And when you start to analyze and see where copper is unique from other minerals and other elements, you're going to find out that it's the only element or the only mineral that has a one, two oxidative state. 
meaning that it can shed two or one electrons. Now, I think this is very interesting because there's only one other element in the periodic table that shares a 2-1 oxidative state, and that's mercury. And I find that very interesting because we see of a lot of mercury toxicity able to toxify the mitochondria and other organelles. Mm. So this makes me highly suspicious that because they hold the same keys, basically the oxidative states of losing two electrons and one electron, that they're able to cross membrane and get into organelles using the same pathways because of oxidative states. So that's just my suspicion. But I do find that interesting, the connection between copper and mercury and the one-two oxidative state. So just thought that's, I'd- that's really interesting. Yeah. I remember reading something about mercury, uh, some testing that they were doing with like literally, I don't even know. They were testing neurons, I think what it was. And, and basically there was a super light amount of mercury, like an incredibly small concentration. And even just that small concentration was enough to induce like neuron death, just like by, mm-hmm. you know, it's proximity or something. I, I don't, I'm obviously fudging the study right now. I don't remember all the details, but it was just fascinating to, to see how toxic mercury is. And people, you know, like with mercury fillings, for example, a lot of people aren't aware. I mean, they don't really do those too much anymore, but that was a huge thing, you know, 10, 20 years ago. I remember when I was you know, a kid and getting fillings and stuff. Everybody did mercury fillings. <laughs> it's just like, man, I can't, yeah. I can't believe that we're doing that. You know, it's, it's just nuts. Yeah. So I just found that interesting and a little bit freaky how they have the same keys, which would make sense how mercury can toxify things like neurons and, and stuff like that, especially how copper is necessary in the synapse to clean that synapse. It's, it's one of the very few places that copper actually goes back and forth from copper one to copper two. But, but now back to your, your, your first question is how did I get involved with this? I'll tell you, it's a very interesting story. Um, I didn't want to get involved with this in the beginning and, and they kind of fought it, but my nephew, he got in a car accident and he became spinal injured. It's called a 6-7 SCI spinal cord incomplete, which makes him paralyzed from his nipples down. And um, my sister was visiting from, from North Carolina, where she's from and where the accident happened. And um, so, I mean, I really felt, you know, her pain and, you know, felt all this going on. Of course, care about my nephew. And and I'm not trying to be a Bible thumper or try to bring that into the deal or whatever. I'm just speaking my experience in my yeah. testimony or what I, you know, and, but, you know, every morning I wake up and I try to just give thanks to heavenly father for another son coming up and, you know, just, just to be here. There's just so much to be thankful. I always try to give thanks. And I, I added my nephew to my morning prayer and I started thanking the Lord to help me help my nephew. And, you know, if I could go back in time, I might rephrase that question and, or that, that, that request I would ask, you know, Heavenly Father, could you please help my nephew? I would kept myself out of it. But for some reason, I didn't even realize I was doing it. But for like three years straight, I just added that every morning. And then, you know, kind of weird. It led me one day I I'm at work and I'm working for a company and, I'm I'm in management level. And one of my workers comes to me and says, Hey man, there's a spinal cord research injury guy here. And this professor um, from university of New York, this old guy, he tells me about this Egyptian researcher that may be able to help my nephew. And a long story short, I end up in Cairo, Egypt and getting involved with this researcher there. And, And there was two things, you know, that the Egyptians didn't understand and that I didn't understand either at the time, but um, that no one understood actually. And the two main things was number one was these Egyptians, what they were making this copper one niacin 
they literally tripped across the world's first copper that's bioavailable to animals. Mm-hmm. And so let me hit on that. That's a big statement right there. It, it is my belief and, and my firm belief that all copper that is fully oxidized, that's basically went from a metal to a blue color that's found in soil does not belong in our mouths. If we could eat that copper, then we could eat dirt basically. And we can't eat dirt because if we could eat dirt, there'd be no starvation in this world. <laughs> and, and so the doctors and the nutritionists and you know all these educated people, they're not un- even understanding how copper worked in the first place. So that was the first thing the Egyptians didn't understand. And the second thing they didn't have was how to stabilize it. And what do I mean by that is that when they would make this the way they would make it, it would turn blue in a short period of time, meaning that it would oxidize and turn back into that same kind of copper that's in the dirt. <clears throat> and it's because they were using chemistry that was taught in school on how to stabilize it. And so then you fast forward and me getting involved and I tried to work with the Egyptian people, but they didn't quite have their act together. It was just a long story short, I had to go my own separate ways. And I realized that they were close, but they weren't there. And so I hired some of the best chemists money could find. And we gave it years of time and lots of money and they were still unable to stabilize the molecule. And as an act of desperation, I suppose, um, I became the chemist. I, I bought the equipment, I put it in my garage. I made my garage look like Breaking Bad. I put an eight-foot hood and bench in there with, <laughs> you know, a vacuum, chiller, nitrous. I mean, the whole deal. I mean, I was a um, complete synth lab. And be, the first thing that drove me nuts with the chemist was intuitively and spiritually, I hate the I word first. I, I like to give all credit where it's due. I didn't go to college for this. I just followed my spirit. Yes, I'm educated now and had to put time in to have these conversations with doctors. But in the beginning, 100% was following spirit. And um, so you got to give things, you know, where it belongs. But, you know, and when I got into this chemistry, like I was saying, I told the chemist, do not use anything if it's not found in soil, plant or animal. If it's not a natural occurring chemical, I don't think we should be trying to make this with it. I think that was the first mistake that is being made. And because they had the PhDs and blah, 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 they wouldn't listen to me. So they refused to put down certain solvents and acetones and blah, blah, blah. So once I jumped into it and became the chemist, well, of course, the first thing I did was I got rid of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And for an example, my al- the alcohol we use in our process is Everclear. It comes from corn. You know, it's alcohol made from nature, which really... You know, when we start to drill into this rabbit hole, it made my 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 crystals get more geometrical. But basically what I did was because I was following spirit and common sense is I took a look at the material that the Egyptians were making. And what I saw was pyramids with crystals growing out of them. And I saw crystals all over the place. And then I took and this is an electron microscope. Right. And then I took a look at the copper. And I saw that it was pyramidal rods. And then I took a look at the niacin and I saw that it was like crystals. So it made perfect sense to me that, oh, when they made this, they made the crystals grow into the pyramids, but intuitively or spiritually or, you know, wherever, wherever the information was coming from, I knew that we needed to get rid of the pyramid part of it and make it all crystals. So what I did was I started manipulating the process, the time, the temperature and the ratio more crystal or less crystal, more crystal or less crystal. And eventually I was able to make all crystal. And that's kind of, you know, long story short and how we're able to stabilize the molecule and how it all started. 
so man, this is like so important. I don't, I don't think people realize yet how important it is. So for people that aren't really familiar, cause we're going to get into some technical stuff slightly with this conversation and, and that's all right. But for people that aren't familiar with, let's say even remembering what they did in junior high chemistry class, how would you explain this very important idea of oxidative state and why that's really important in terms of how you put copper in your body, which is a fundamental nutrient? That's a great question. I've, over the years, I've been able to really simplify the answer. So that's good. In a <laughs> nutshell, okay, in a nutshell, the cells of our body are your body as a whole is a flashlight, okay? And copper is the battery. The plants are the battery charger. They give an electron to the copper that the electron gives to our cells, which is critical for very, very for extreme amount of biochemical reactions. Just to rattle off, with, you know, a few of them is super oxide mutase, where you take an oxygen neutralizing free radicals of, of oxygen. You know, oxygen's a great thing until it's missing an electron, and and it can. Damage your DNA. So, you know, super uh, SOD, that's one. ATP, you know, adenosine triphosphate, the currency of our life. You know, the bulk of that is made in the electron transport chain, which is dependent on copper. You know, there's the, in the electron transport chain, there's something called complex four or cytochrome C oxidase, same thing, but that process is dependent on copper. And and a lot of people don't realize that, like, especially when it comes to um, cell respiration, you know, making ATP is that if anything's missing, whether it's copper or a piece of oxygen or anything's missing, you're not going to get ATP. You're going to get lactic acid. Mm. So it's not only important that we're making ATP in the cell, we're stopping the cell from producing lactic acid by giving the cell what it needs to help itself. Now, another big one that um, I have to kind of be tricky on, you know, we do, we're currently trying to turn this into a drug as well so people can use it with their health insurance and without going too deep down that road, it has something to do with your immune system. Now, we were awarded, or I was awarded, a patent for the treatment of Lyme disease. Now, that's not a, cl a claim that we can make or we could talk nutraceutically, but I can explain that it doesn't really treat Lyme disease, but what it does is it helps the body help itself. What does that mean? So by having bioavailable copper active in your bloodstream in the correct oxidative state that has an electron to donate, it has a positive charge. And, and so what I'm seeing, and this is what I'm visualizing, this is my own, you know, this isn't literature based, so you can take this with a grain of salt, but my observation is that there's an attraction of charge. And so no different than a magnet, how it sticks to a refrigerator, how it sticks to steel, it sticks to the pathogen. And once it does, it goes from the oxidative state of copper one to copper two, and it literally goes from like a reddish color to a blue color, and it sticks to the pathogen. Once that happens, there is an acute immune response, meaning immediately the white blood cells eat it, the macrophages eat it. And prior to that, there is no immune response. Now, this becomes very important when we're introduced to a new pathogen that our body's never seen before, or this becomes very important when we're dealing with bloodborne bacteria. And the problem with bloodborne bacteria is that there's not an immune response for the most part. Why? Because the, the bacteria gets into your bone marrow, and this is where your stem cells come from. And when your stem cells are growing up, whatever's around them, they're going to think of it as self. So they're never going to attack this bacteria. They think it's itself. But once the copper sticks to it, oh, they know it's foreign and they eat it. It's like an identifier kind of. 
That's right. That's exactly right. That's actually mm -hmm. why I called one of my lines mitoactivator because it's activating the immune cells, but it's not doing it by itself. So it's just, it's a piece of nature. It's a piece of the puzzle that's supposed to be there that we're all starving for. We're all copper deficient and copper toxic at the same time. And so, you know, all these pathogens, they're running around crazy because there's not enough copper in our body to be tagging them to tell our immune system to get the heck out of here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so what is the difference between the two oxidative states? Can you kind of go into that and how that works with nature and sure. basically what happens in nature and how plants turn one into the other Absolutely. and that whole thing? Yeah. So first of all, copper is a metal, right? And it's number 29 on the periodic table. So that means it has, when it looks like a penny or a pipe or, or like a copper nugget, um, it means it has 29 protons and 29 electrons for every atom of copper, right? So that's, but what happens in nature is it gets rained on. The copper gets um, subjected to moisture. And then the copper will go from a metal to an oxide of copper too, which is meaning that it lost two electrons. So when metals ox, um, when they lose their electrons, you can't stop it. It's like a domino effect. It's going to lose all the electrons. It's not just going to lose one or the other. So it loses both the electrons. Now, this is very important for plant nutrition. And this is very important for plant uptake. Why? Because once the copper goes from the metal to the blue oxidized copper too, it's now aqueous, meaning it's water soluble meaning they can travel through the root. It can travel in the water and go into the plant. Now, as the copper is entering the root and crossing the root membrane, that is where it's reduced. That is where it's given back an electron. So that electron, once it's given back to the copper, then now goes up into the plant and it's, it's bound and, you know, it becomes a compound to many things. And niacin or nicotinamide is plant-based uh, niacin. That's what it's one of the things that actually connects to naturally in nature. Why? Mm. Because it, copper, it uses copper in these organelles and it's using the niacin or the nicotinamide made in the plant, the vitamin B3 as a carrier to get it to the electron transport chain, to get it to the inner membrane of the mitochondria using the NADH pathway. So, you know, we're just kind of copying nature. We're kind of doing what nature's doing. So we have a copper that's copper one with the electron on it and it's bound to niacin. Same thing that the plants are doing. So we're basically doing to the copper what the plants are doing to it it's really complicated but it's really simple that's really time. interesting yeah i mean i remember seeing the first time that i saw your product was through a company called pretandem which is a anti-aging you know they have a lot of anti-aging products and they have in one of their products they have a cuprous niacin product i don't know if it was you that supplied it but i'm guessing because you you know you're Oh yeah. Only, only one that supplies it. But I was wondering, I'm like, why niacin? That's just really interesting. But I guess that's part of the way that the body uses, or I guess plant, you're saying plants specifically use niacin to bind copper, the oxidized copper and sort of transport it around. Is that what you're saying? The yeah, plants well, do actually that? the reduced copper. So remember, just copper. to go back to chemistry, you, when we oxidize, we shed electrons. When we reduce, we receive electrons. So it's getting the electron from the plant. So, and the other thing when it comes to electrons, while we're on the subject just for a second, is I find electrons to be one of the most amazing things that bored the heck out of me when I was in school. But now that I'm awake and I see these things and I can visualize them, you know, we have to understand our bodies don't make electrons and plants don't make electrons. Electrons, they're here. It's a finite number. Electrons can only be taken and given, but never made. 
Okay, mm. so this is why it's very important. They're a rare commodity. You only have so many electrons. And this is why I believe it's important, you know, to take your shoes off when you go outside and do things like that. But we are an electrical device and we need charge. We need these electrons for our organelles and we're dependent on them. So, yeah. So fascinating, man. I mean, it's just, uh, I, can you explain the idea of copper toxicity and copper deficiency at the same time? Because I think a lot of sure. people don't realize that, especially with copper, there's this, uh, I mean, there's so much literature on it and it's, and it's a very wide ranging topic of hidden copper toxicity. And what is that, what does that mean physiologically? And then what does it manifest like? Like, how do you know that maybe you've got too much bio unavailable copper floating around in your body? Where would you be getting that from? That kind of stuff. So there's a lot in that question, but you can just go with it. Yeah, very interesting question. And I'll tell you, when I first got into this, I was taking invitations and doing some public speaking to share the information that uh, about copper. And I would get into these discussions and have cross discussions in the groups with doctors. And I have many doctors complaining that everybody's copper toxic. And then I have other doctors saying, no, everyone's copper deficient. And they were arguing with each other about it. And the most interesting thing is they were both right. Hmm. They were both right. And they just didn't realize it because they didn't completely understand how copper works. Again, not to in the doctor's defense. And, 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 you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, doctors are amazing and they, they go through a lot of work to learn what they learn, but there are certain things they're not taught. And if they were taught, then they would know this. Right. So, um, so how is it possible to be both? So when you get the copper that's oxidized, it's a copper two that's in all supplements other than very few out there. Unless it's cuprous niacin, you have oxidized copper in the product. I don't care what kind of copper they're calling it. It's blue in color. It costs about $25 for a thousand grams of it. Okay. It's dirt cheap because it's dirt. It's from the dirt. And a kilo of our copper is $20,000, okay? This is why our product is so expensive. To mimic Mother Nature isn't easy. And to do it, you know, under FDA guidelines, blah, 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 isn't cheap. Yeah. So this is why it's so expensive. Um, so when you take that copper that's, again, water-soluble, when you eat it, it leaks. It passively transports through your digestive membrane, meaning there's no resistance to it because it can attach to a water ligand and water passively transports. And then once it gets into your bloodstream, it just got nowhere to go. Now it's stopped. So you start becoming, you start to accumulate it and it pools and it pockets. There's a lot of uh, papers on that, you know? And so, and why is that? Because we're made of something called eukaryotic cells, right? And, and what, what's significant about that? Well, the membrane of a eukaryotic cell only allows copper with the electron on it to go inside of it. So if the copper doesn't have the electron on it, the eukaryotic cell is not going to allow it into it because it has no nutritional value to it. The eukaryotic cell only allows copper to go out of that membrane that's oxidized, okay? And how copper is supposed to be used is supposed to go into the cell, it's supposed to oxidize, donate its electron inside the cell, not outside the cell. Once this happens, it's properly escorted out of the body in biofluid. So we poo-poo our copper out after we use it. It's not like copper is going back and forth, becoming one, copper two, back, like some people visualize. This is not true. It's used and it's poo-pooed out, just like lots of food is, you know? Hmm. In our and so with plants, basically they, when you eat a plant, let's say a, I don't know, chocolate or an avocado or something, the Kale copper is probably one of the best ones. If you want 
think you go down that path. Kale cabbage is what a great it, source of uh, kale cabbage. Kale, kale cabbage, yep. Kale cabbage. I've never heard of kale cabbage. I've heard of kale. Well, kale is, well, don't get confused because kale is a cabbage, not a lettuce. That's probably all that we're talking. We're talking about the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the, the copper in those plants is re- copper one. Juice. Correct. Okay. And and here's what here's what's very important now that you're now you're kind of getting your mind around this. When you take the copper one into your stomach, why doesn't it turn into copper two and oxidize? Because yeah. your stomach has a, an acidic environment. So as long as the pH is acidic, you cannot ox that won't oxidize. Okay, this is very important. People need to understand. This is huge. This is why nobody's absorbing their food or their nutrition that are taking antiacids. You take an antiacid, you're neutralizing the acidity in your stomach. Now you're eating a food that has a metal on it that's now oxidizing in your stomach and you're losing your electron value. It's making you burpy and you know what I'm saying? And and it's making you a slow oxidizer. So those antiacids, if you must, if you must take it away from your food, man, you know? Do it on yeah, I, I knew those were terrible. I mean, uh, I mean, recently didn't Zantac get sued because they were creating some sort of carcinogenic compound when the yeah. Zantac was getting uh, whatever denatured in the stomach. I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know about the metals. That's really interesting that the, the yeah. lower pH reduces that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we spent, you know, and that's the reason why um, when we make the product, we literally add vitamin C, ascorbic acid. Why? Because when we start with something called copper one chloride, okay, so it's already in the copper one state, and we need to remove the chloride and replace it with the niacin. In order to do that, and the copper, and, and it's, it's being mixed in water and alcohol mixture of it, right? In order to do that, we have to take all the oxygen out of the water and alcohol. That's very important because if there's any oxygen in there, it's going to turn blue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's very important that when we replace it, that the pH is low enough. And that's why we add the sorbic acid to keep the pH nice and low while we're removing the chloride and replacing it with the niacin. And then we remove the sorbic acid and bring the pH back up. And it's like it's a whole process. But, but nevertheless, we're basically mimicking the pH of the stomach while we're doing that kind of hanky-panky with the chemistry. That's so interesting, man. I mean, yeah. That's that's fascinating. What for people that aren't familiar with what copper does in the body? I mean, the energy we talked about is very important for ATP and neurological things. I know it's a big one, but what are some symptoms like, for example, if you have copper toxicity and copper defi- deficiency? Like, w- what are some of the things that maybe people can look out for? Um, well, deficiency I can definitely speak to, which is, means you you could be low on energy. You could have mm-hmm. discomfort or you could um, be struggling with your mental clarity. Yeah. And, you know, I think actually toxicity can probably hit on all those as well. Um, so, yeah. And, and toxicity, you know, you really start to get into more neurodegenerative issues, say like Alzheimer's and things like that. People become copper toxic. And I find that interesting because when we did our human study, we did another study in the background where we were checking for five imbalances. And we saw that by taking the bioavailable copper, we had a big bump on the anatomic system, you know, the parasympathetic and sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And so what I find very interesting is that the oxidized copper, you know, has a big effect on the neurological system as well. So in a negative way. So, 
I, I just find I think I read a study about that in uh, when I was writing some some stuff for the recent book I published, which was that copper they had tested. I think I don't remember it was like five milligrams or something, but it was just as effective as like a some sort of methamphetamine type of drug. It was like a similar stimulating effect on the neurons, like the copper, uh, the oxide, you know, like the mm-hmm. copper too, which was crazy. I mean, it's a very stimulating mineral. Like you shouldn't take it at night. That kind of, I mean, the oxide, obviously you shouldn't take it at all, obviously now that we're talking, but you know, I know that copper toxicity, a lot of people who have insomnia, uh, neurological sort of, they're like overexcited, you know, ADD type of ADHD type of thing, uh, usually has to do with having maybe a copper imbalance. But the question is, you know, for besides supplements, what are some places where people would get too much? Like, why would somebody have a copper imbalance? Let's say they're not taking supplements, but there are other reasons why. So how well, does that happen? It stems from a few things. The first imbalance stems from um, environmental. The fact that they're putting dirt in supplements and, and then we put it in our mouths because someone says it's okay. You know, the processed food, the dietary supplements, probably the number one problem um, yeah. when it comes out. Then you have your the leaching into your pipes, you know, there's many, there's many avenues. And then I guess the, another problem of the deficiency part of it is, is that, I don't know, somewhere about a hundred years ago, somewhere in that time frame, we got away from using animal droppings as fertilizer. And that was mm. literally the circle of life because they would use the metal, oxidize it, poo poo it out, put it back in the dirt and the plant would go and then we get to eat it. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we go into this large uh, industrialized agriculture, which is now responsible for mineral deficiency, especially these ones that are genetically modified. You don't even need to put some fertilizers. They grow like a weed, but they got no nutrition in them, you know? So yeah, I don't really believe in GMO food for the record, but um, just because I've spent a lot of time looking at live blood and I see the effects of it on live blood and I don't agree with what I'm seeing. And, uh, and if someone's eating a lot of like genetically modified food, I mean, their blood looks like honeycombs which isn't normal. Wow. I've never, I've never tested. I mean, I've had, used to do live blood analysis a long time ago and I, but I never tested like GMO food just out of curiosity to see what it would do to the blood. I remember after working out or eating like a really, you know, shitty meal, like the blood would definitely be trashed, but I never, I never tested, uh, what you call it? GMO, GMO stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you have to have it, you know, just look at someone's blood who has it in their diet. Another thing that becomes really obvious to me, and, and, you know, people might think I'm crazy, but when I'm looking at someone's living blood, I can tell if they use a uh, microwave. Because mm, there's so really? much oxidative stress on those blood cells. I mean, it's crazy. And I, I'm theorizing that the microwaves are creating isotopes. I think they're very carcinogenic. So I, I haven't used a microwave and I don't know, since I started looking at live blood and seeing the effects of microwave food, you know, <laughs> yeah, I haven't used a microwave in a while. <laughs> so, well, yeah. you know, even just using it, like a lot of people stand in front of the microwave when they're microwaving. And that's the worst thing you can do because of the EMFs that come out are so high and they're yeah. literally blasting your heart and your brain, uh, you know, while you're sitting there waiting for your food. I mean, it's just, it's a really not a good idea. Yeah, I think you lose the experience as well. You know, I think the main takeaway, though, is that we just, you know, as far as our, our talk, and the main thing is we got to get people to stop putting blue copper, oxidized copper, accepting that as bioavailable. And and for people that, you know, need it, 
I don't want to need to get it from Mitosynergy. If you have a company that you get a lot of supplements from and, and that you trust, we need individuals to call these companies and say, man, why aren't you putting the right copper in your product? Because we need a mass movement. And, and until the customers stand up to the companies, they're never going to. You know, when you look at the cost per serving, it's like a half a cent or 0.02 cents per serving. And you yeah. look at the cost of the other copper, it's like 0.00002. It's like, you know, a fraction of a penny. So it's not that much more when you're talking penny cost, but they're not going to do it until their customer demands it. So we really need to start a movement for everybody that's taking supplements to get a hold of their manufacturers, tell them to stop putting this copper, you know, at the very least, you, they need to tell them, hey, man, if you're going to continue to put the blue copper in, I can't take your product anymore. You know, so yeah. if you're not going to put the right copper, don't put any copper. And that's the message we need to get to the manufacturers. We need to get people to understand this, you know, super important. What, what, how do you treat copper toxicity? Like if somebody is, you know. That's a million dollar question. I don't have a great right. answer for it. I really don't. If I did, I wish I, I, I did. I don't. Can somebody only take advice, this type of copper if even if they have, let's say, a, a copper imbalance where they're a little bit copper toxic, but obviously they need copper, their body is like starving for it. Can they still take oh, yeah. this bioavailable copper? Well, the people that are copper toxic need, need bioavailable copper more than anybody. So the more mm. you're toxic of it, the more you need it, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, the only thing that I can recommend to bring down is to actually eat whole food, whole food nutrition, fighting copper with copper and just, you know, really watch what you put in your mouth, eat whole food nutrition moving forward so that your body can have the right stuff to make something called seroplasm and help regulate that. So that's really kind of the hope for it. Well, here's a, here's a question for you. So, cause some people, and this is actually from personal experience and that's why this topic especially is important to me. I realized last year, from just a, a lot of crazy experiences and, you know, health testing and biohacking and everything that I'm doing. I never knew this for like literally the last 15, 16 years, but you know, when it comes to the proteins that transport the minerals in your body, like iron and copper and stuff chaperones. like that. Chaperones. You're speaking yeah, of chaperones. Mm -hmm. the chaperones. And for copper, it's ceruloplasmin, like you said, some people genetically produce just less of that. Now there's, there's a, there's a side of that where you have full bone disease, but in my case, I realized that my ceruloplasmin tends to be like on the lowest end of the range all the time. And so I realized shit, like when I'm taking this, I was taking the chelated copper, which I thought was good, you know, before figuring out all this stuff, but it was blue copper. Uh, and it was, you know, you test your blood and the, and it accumulates, basically you see the, the serum score getting higher and higher, but the ceruloplasmin isn't increasing. It's not able to handle the extra copper. And so it's probably getting deposited somewhere, but for people that have, you know, um, let's say issues with copper transporting, like you have a lower ceruloplasmin and it's a very specific thing. You have to get a test and see kind of where you run. But if, if, if you have those people or people like, for example, like Wilson's disease, which is the extreme version where, they barely have any ceruloplasmin and they have to avoid copper, which is you know, honestly kind of silly in some sense because you need copper for so many things. How do you like, how do you navigate that? Does your supplement, how does that yeah, work? So, so very interesting what you're bringing up. So what we have seen from feedback is that individuals that are high with unbound copper in their bloodstream and very low ceruloplasm, that when they start to take our product, the ceruloplasm levels come up and the unbound level goes down. 
Really? Yeah, we've seen that quite a bit. And so I have a, kind of a visualization for you. What we have to understand is that seroplasm carries copper one and copper two, has both kinds of copper in it. So mm. I visualize there's a line you know, in your body, you know, winding down the street and around your neighbor's house and maybe all the way to the grocery store of all the little copper two guys online getting ready to make seroplasm, but there's no one in line in the copper one line. So we're deficient in seroplasm because we're missing the, 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 the copper that's the copper one. So when we finally start bringing up our levels of copper one, then the two lines can start to flow together. Wow, that's really interesting. So you're basically saying that seroplasmin can Which be is, deficiency can be a cause of copper deficiency absolutely it's stimulated by both oxidative states of the copper. correct correct wow that's not stimulated wow. but manufactured of manufactured right by right yeah yeah so you need both so if you're deficient and so this is why the doctors drive me crazy people with wilson's disease, and i'm not a doctor so i can't go fight with them but in my opinion i would say no you need bioavailable copper you fight copper with copper you, you need to, you know, if you have an excess of copper, then you need to make sure you have copper one in there so you can get enough seroplasm to start working on getting it out. And here's why you're on the seroplasm thing is interesting. A lot of people don't realize they're actually struggling with their iron because of the seroplasm. A lot of people don't realize what is it, copper is, seroplasm uh, being a copper carrier, that's just one thing, but it's really, it's made to regulate your iron. Did you know this? I, I, not too much about it, but I remember there's a role with iron, but yeah. yeah you so a lot of people that are struggling it. with iron, they're really struggling with copper. They just don't mm -hmm. know that because of that connection. And then, and then to go back down what you're talking about, I don't think that our, again, this is my opinion. So, you know, I'm not a doctor, so, you know, I can't, I'm not giving medical advice here. This is just what I think, but I don't think it makes sense when they look at your blood for copper. Yeah, because what they're going to do that what they need to do is they need to separate your white blood cells from your red blood cells and then look at both why because your white blood cells will have your bioavailable copper why because your white blood cell is a true eukaryotic cell therefore the copper inside that cell is the copper level that your body has that your cells have this is your true bioavailable copper level and then if they take a look at the other copper in your in your terrain well that's the level of the copper that's toxic so this is how you can cut and if they match perfect well wow. great you have balance that's interesting but if you have more or less of the other then you're struggling you understand where i'm going that is so interesting because that's exactly what happened to me last year when i was uh fooling around with everything obviously i'm always testing and stuff but i never knew this shit before and uh i we talked about spectra cell early on so for people that don't know spectra cell is just pretty much the gold standard for testing your nutrient levels with uh with your white blood cells because they grow them in a dish and they see basically how much is in there and so when i tested my spectra cell results and my serum results i just wanted to compare it was the same thing like basically the spectra cell which was showing that the cells were taking in copper like you know there was a pretty good amount like i would say green zone right and then the blood was showing this low ceruloplasmin to serum ratio or you know like the high it was a big difference because there's supposed to be a, a certain amount of ceruloplasmin for how much you have in the blood i think you have to multiply it by three and then if the difference between the ceruloplasmin and the serum score is greater than 25 you've got too much copper floating around in your blood you know but a bio unavailable copper and so mine was always 
on the higher end, you know, I'm like, what the hell? I'm taking this, you know, Albion chelate, which, you know, Albion is great for most minerals. Biglycinate. What's that? You were taking biglycinate. Yeah. I have an interesting yeah. story about those, about that company. It's been sold since then, but yeah. Anyways, really? go ahead. Yeah. Hopefully not well, I went China. And visited them. But that, <laughs> the, actually, you know, the team that I visited, I think they've been sold since then, but they were actually very um, ethical, I'll have to say. Yeah. And, you know, you have to go in there. you got to go in there and tell somebody, hey, man, you make the best copper in the world for plants, but you shouldn't be giving it to people. You know, and I don't have I don't have a Ph.D. And, you know, these guys, they had their P. They're all the educated ones. And I'm the guy, the new guy on the block walking into their establishment, telling them what they're doing. And that was a very difficult conversation. But yeah. I do think they absorbed it and they didn't like totally shut me down. So I think, you know, I got to give them credit. I do think one day they'll stop putting it on the market i would like to see that i'd like to see them you know maybe develop their own copper one or something you know rather than do that i'd rather have a competition another copper here's, a one. here's a question for you that's i mean okay so our cell mine better yet let's just have them sell mine the mito synergy <laughs> is uh yeah the mito synergy is copper niacin it's basically bioavailable it's what happens in plants uh-huh. um but but here's the question though like there's studies where people are using you know, cocoa powder to replete their copper stores. So the, the question is like, okay, well, I mean, it's knows? an expensive product. So but the see, question you're going is, down a rabbit know. hole. Who knows who, what you're even talking about? Cause they don't even know what they're measuring. They don't even understand until you're measuring both sides of the membrane, your copper content. We're yeah. looking at half of a, of a denominator of a fraction. We don't know what the number is because we didn't see the other side of the, we don't know the numerator or the denominator. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even know, I know where you're going with this, but I don't even know if that information is even relevant because we they don't right. even really know what they're looking at. <laughs> well, I, I mean? guess the question the question would be like, what would the difference be between taking you know something that's bioavailable? Because the amount is not high, and I'm used to seeing you know obviously higher amounts in supplements, and so the amount isn't high, and so the fir- the only objection I can come up with is versus taking you know foods like obviously avocado chocolate things like that that are high in copper and eating those always best to get it from foods always best yeah never supplement unless you know i hate to say that because i'm a supplement company but i'm not a big advocate (laughs) of supplements i'm not you know for example we're kind of getting away from these other ingredients i don't know if we're ever able to get rid of our first product because there's so many people that are just like oh kill me if i stop making it but like our new product, we're using beetroot for a filler. And then another product, we're using ginger root. I'm really into just putting food into these capsules for now on. That's yeah. really the direction I want to go. No, I mean, I, I'm 100% with you on that. It's uh, it's really great. I mean, a lot of people don't realize the importance of, of food as nutrition and whole foods versus, you know, whatever old yeah, chemicals totally. people are putting in their body. I mean you're doing more damage than good, especially with things like copper, which can accumulate. And it's very difficult to test for, for that. You know, it's hard to, to figure out like, okay, to what level have I screwed myself all these years by having, you know, copper imbalances and all that. So, right. So if somebody's taken the mito synergy, how there, there's one that's like a 0.1 milligram and there's one that's a 0.5 milligram. That's extra strength. Like, how much do you take? When do you take it? Are there any considerations like timing considerations? You know, how much a day do you take? Like what's, what's that all about? Great question. So first you kind of have to pick your product and the main reason you get into a mito activator is because you're trying to build yourself up or 
you're already taking a whole bunch of other products and you don't want to take any other supplements. You're just trying to add copper. So mitoactivator is a product that's kind of like a standalone uh, copper with just the least amount of ingredients in it. And so, and then the other thing is mitoactivator comes in three different levels. Like you said, 0.01 milligram, which is the LDS stands for low dose serving. And then the original formulation, which is a quarter milligram per capsule. And then the extra strength, which is a half a milligram of copper per capsule. And so the reason that you would start off slower is that for people that are really struggling, especially that have an excess of bloodborne bacteria, or they're just really struggling symptomatically, they have to start slower. And if mm-hmm. they, and like I, like I said earlier, the, the visual of copper sticking to pathogens and then your immune system eating them, well, your immune system gets backed up. And when that happens, that's what the flu feels like, right? It's called herxing. And so some people struggle. I have customers that have to take the 0.01 Every three days, that's what they start off with. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, that's such a tiny Just because amount. of the Herx reactions? Yeah, just because of that, because they have too much die-off and they have to take it with food. So for people that's that are having to start off slow, they have to take it with food. Now, I recommend to take it twice a day. I recommend that if you could have a half a milligram twice a day, that's sufficient. That's why the extra strength is a half a milligram. And all my other products generally have a half a milligram of copper in them, you know, so you Mm -hmm. take copper twice a day. So you take copper with your first food and you take copper with your last food. You take your copper right before you eat and then you eat your food. And if you're taking other supplements or anything else, take it after the food, separate it with the food and you're fine. The, The tricky thing about copper is you can't take it with anything else. Um, not that always, but sometimes you risk something being more um, electro negative and they'll pull that electron off the copper and make it pre-oxidized. You don't want that to happen because that turns into the other copper. We want the good copper to stay that way. So it's better to take it alone, take it right before you eat, and then yeah, then follow up with food. And then if you're taking zinc at all in your regimen, we highly recommend to only take zinc at bedtime. Right. So there you go. Yeah, I was going to say, because with copper, well, I have two questions for you, because with copper, I mean, it's a stimulatory mineral. So is it okay to take it in the evening? Wouldn't that might affect your with sleep? With food, it's fine. So with your second meal, it's fine. Hmm. It's totally fine, because your, your body's making these decisions on whether it wants more ATP or it wants to use to rebuild. You know, maybe it yeah. wants to do some soft tissue, because you need copper at night for rebuilding. You know, so yeah, I guess it's different when it's bioavailable. You know, if it's not bioavailable, that's that's a whole different conversation. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, but so now, I butt heads with some other people in the industry, and one of them is well known, and they're really into magnesium. And his thing is saying, you know, this copper is connected to niacin, so it's not, but and it needs to be, you know, needs to be delivered through seroplasm. But he's dead wrong. You know, this particular person and this particular person is recommending beef liver as a source of copper, a dead, dehydrated, dead animal. Totally wrong. Bad information again. So we would never want beef liver. Why? Because it's an oxidized, dead animal. Even if you take a look at what happened um, as of natives or even animal to animal, when one animal eats another animal as prey, what's the first thing they eat out of the other animal? The liver. Why? Hmm. best source of copper liver is a great source of copper if it's freshly killed if it's fresh slaughter then it's got valuable nutrition but once you dry it out it oxidizes and you lose your nutritional value so you man that's so interesting yeah if you can't cook liver then it loses its value and the same thing with the steak you know if you're eating a steak this is why people 
to eat the 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 rare the steak, they're getting a better nutritional value because there's still uncooked meat in there that has the the metals that haven't been oxidized. You know, because when you cook them, you burn them, you oxidize them. They don't hold the oxidated state. When you take copper, let's say I want to, because for example, in my case, I take a lot of pills throughout the day and, you know, I have to spread them out. And so my question is if somebody takes it, like if I take it, for example, in the morning before, like before the meal, then I eat something. Then usually, you know, I wait about 15 minutes before I take a dose of my supplements because it's a lot of water and I don't want to, you know, water down my digestion. But that's still, I mean- that's, you know, the stomach's not going to get rid of it. It's not going to empty the food for like an hour. I don't know what the exact time is, but it's not going to empty it. So the question is, you know, it's very likely that even if I follow that protocol where I take it before I eat, pop the food in, you know, wait like 15 minutes and then take the rest of my supplements that all those other things that I'm taking uh, would sort of mess it up chemically or take out the electron and oxidize it. So, so you... the copper is absorbed in the small intestine. As soon as it's liquidy and the correct pH, it's going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, there's a little valve in the bottom of your stomach, and it's actually waiting for it to become low enough acidic for it to open, you know. And then mm-hmm. the next department is, you know, where it sprays the bile in there and neutralizes it. And right in between there, that's where your copper gets absorbed. So as long as it's in the front of the line, you're fine. And that's why it needs to just go in there first. Can you take it on an empty stomach? You can take it on an empty stomach. And we did recommend that at the beginning, but we've steered people away from it now. Why? Because when you take copper without food, it becomes more of an antimicrobial and we see more of a herxine reaction. I'd rather feed the copper to the cell and let the cell decide whether it wants to go be antimicrobial or not. You know, we got to really let the natural decisions of our body stay that way. And it seems like when we force just it all by itself, because you normally when you eat a plant with copper and niacin and it, it's going to have a whole bunch of other stuff with it too. It's not going to be by itself. And when you right. take it by itself like that, that really you start to get almost a pharmaceutical effect of being an antimicrobial. And that's just, you know. Yeah. I mean, I could see that being uh, useful if you have SIBO, like bacterial overgrowth in your Or if gut. you're fighting a super bad infection and you're in the, you know, you have medical care going on and you're under the supervision mm. of a doctor. And this is where we start to get into pharmaceutical conversations. And I really do think once we get this developed, I do think the doctors are going to have a great time with it. You know, we just have to go through the whole process with the FDA and it's a long process. And, you know, we also yeah. have not just edible ones, we have injectable coppers. Injectable that, copper. Yeah. That's bioavailable. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, how, how does that work if it doesn't go through your digestive system? It just kind of. You, kinda you gets... mix it with the buffer and you inject it, you stick it in the needle and you stick it in you. <laughs> God. Well, I did. I did. I mean, a long time ago when they had like sermorellin, I mean, they still have them, but sermorellin, like the peptide, I, I did some muscle injections and I was like, you know what? This is about my limit with biohacking. I I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, Injecting so that would be like obviously pharmaceutical level. hospital doctor, you know, not, right, not what right, we're talking right, right. about. And that, you know, that same version of the injectable one is also, it can, you know, we can see it in a pharmaceutical application down the road. It's in a, uh, putting, put into the rectum because it's very vascular and a sigmoid back there, you know, uh, mm. dispository copper application for people that are really, you know, sickly. We can see that down the road. So and that's what we're looking for in the future is to really start to collaborate because there's many, you know, so we've talked about copper and niacin so far, and that's great. You know, that's really what, you know, as a nutraceutical, you can go buy it, but there's other chelates that we've developed now um, 
that do other things that, like I said, are injectable. And, you know, it's just amazing when you start to connect mother nature and medicine together. And then, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. It's fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, we went through the process, we got something called a um, new dietary ingredient notification as the, on the nutraceutical side of this. And I'll tell you the FDA used to like, you always hear everyone complaining about the FDA and their this and that and all these conspiracy theories. And after going through the process and being put through what I had to go through um, to get a no objection from them, I, I'm actually very impressed by the FDA. And, and if there's an ingredient out there that has a no objection letter, an NDIN number, I know it's safe because I know what I went through to prove to them it was safe. And mm. so I don't know. I, I actually, I ended up having kudos and more respect for the FDA than fear of them after going through it. And this is what gave us the confidence to pursue it as, as a drug. The key thing is, is that, you know, you just got to follow the rules and the rules are there for a reason. And if you follow them, um, everything goes pretty smooth. It is expensive. <laughs> it costs a lot of money, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, you can imagine. Yeah, we really shouldn't even be doing this. We really should be just getting some ROI on the nutraceutical side of it right now. But, you know, with all this COVID stuff going on and all this immune, everyone's going crazy. It's created some vacuums in FDA procedures. So we may be able to bypass some stuff. So we're, we actually have an application in right now for the copper niacin to go to a phase two human study to try to promote it as, as a drug. I was going to say with the COVID stuff, did, uh, did you notice like an uptick in sales, like people more interested, like did that impact your business in any way? Um, it did impact it in a negative way. You know, it's just the mm. economy slowing down and the people worrying about money and yeah, sorry yeah. About that calling through, but, um, yeah, I did affect it in a negative way. Definitely. Definitely. How did you name it? Cunermuspear? Is it my pronunciation? That's right? a great question. Um, so that's C-U-N-E-R-M-U-S-P-I-R. Yeah. And so what it broke, what that breaks down to is four words. So that stands for copper neuro muscle spirit and i had to add the word spirit because you know i just when you leave this planet what can you take with you right what can you take with you honestly what can you take with you and anytime that you can help somebody out that's something that's yours forever no one Mm. can take that so spiritually i'm probably the most blessed person you ever get to talk to because probably in this (laughs) conversation i don't know how many people took some kunamisper and they found some relief so that's just a blessing to me that like it's overwhelming when i think about it and then the other reason is that when people are suffering out there and they're struggling and they're just copper deficient all they need is a little copper to get out of the struggle buster on but they're praying and of course they're not finding it because there's not a lot of it out there yet there's only one source of it right but they're praying for help and then they finally take something and they feel help. It's very spiritual for them. So for me and for the customer, it's spiritual. So I had to add that in there. So copper, neuro, muscle, spirit. That's what. That's it's cool, called. man. Kuna yeah, I, I figured it was probably a uh, an amalgam of a couple words, but that's yeah. cool. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, we had to think of something. I mean, my partner that I started off with, his name's Scott. You know, early in these days, it was like a ten minute phone call. We pulled it out of our butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's good though. I mean, it's, I, it's a little, you know, it's like, what does that mean? You know, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I like it. I, I like it a lot. Now that you explained it, I like it a lot. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool, man. Hey, thank you so much for this, dude. This has been, uh, I hope that, you know, this has really helped people understand a lot more. I mean, anything coming up for you? What are you grateful for right now? 
Uh, I'm grateful for all the all the havoc that's going on for all the people that um, think that like uh, I don't want to bring up politics or anything like that. But you know, everyone, some people are in distress over you know was this happened or that happening. But the I'm grateful that when people go into distress, that there's spiritual awakening. So I think that out of yeah. negative always comes positive. And uh, so I'm just really grateful for all the people that are waking up right now, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, on any one of those levels. It's just, I just feel like we're in a mass paradigmal shift right now. I don't know if you're on that same page, but I can yeah, feel man, it. Like, 100%. This is just like resonating everywhere around me. So I'm just thinking, wow, this is awesome. You know, it's just awesome. I can't wait you know, to watch as we evolve to this shift that we're going through. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with my friend Charlie. Like I said, it was a unique episode. If you listen to episode 219 with Nicole, pretty much the same thing happened. I called Nicole from SpectraCell to ask her a bunch of questions about their test. And we ended up having this like crazy biohacking discussion. I'm like, man, I, I need to have the recorder with me. Look, can I, can I have you on the podcast so we can talk about all this stuff? So this was a similar thing and I hope you enjoyed it. You know, a lot of great nuggets in this. Some of it's technical, but Again, you know, copper is just one of those that makes a really big difference in the things that you feel energetically, whether you have energy, we have too much energy, uh, not enough and all that kind of stuff. So copper is a very important thing to have in your life. And a lot of people have copper imbalances. So a great episode to refer back to, put on your bookmarks. If you want to check out Charlie's product, Mitosynergy, it's at mitosynergy.com. I'll put a link for it in the post, uh, post show notes. It's episode 240 on danceoflife.com slash podcast. And as always, let's not forget that long quote by Dr. Lawrence Wilson. You know, Dr. Lawrence Wilson, if you don't know who he is, he's a big researcher, uh, has written a lot on hair mineral analysis. He's one of the foremost authorities on it. He's done a lot of research and you know, academic work on hair mineral testing. So if you know what that is, but it's a type of test that you can take to understand what's going on in your body mineral-wise and, and toxin-wise and things like that. So he's a big authority on that. And he wrote a lot of things about copper toxicity and hidden copper toxicity and understanding copper balance. And so the quote that he had was very interesting to me because it's a very unique quote. I don't see anybody else saying anything like that, but he basically talks about the spiritual path of copper. You know, so I'll read it again. It says, copper toxicity led me into natural healing, into meditation, and eventually into myself and my gifts. Copper imbalance, indeed, is often a sign that one is not living one's gifts and truths. If it takes copper imbalance to move you in a different direction, then it is a wonderful thing, though the suffering may not seem worth it right now. As Dr. Lawrence Wilson. You know, one of my books that I published that comes with the big book, it's a companion book, it's called Life is Good. It comes with the big book, Dance Your Way Through Life, that I published this last year. You can get a copy of it on my website, or you can go to danceyourwaythroughlife.com, but... This book, the companion book, talks about a crazy journey that I had in 2020, the end of 2020, and one of the parts of that was a copper imbalance and kind of figuring out how to use copper 
effectively. And, and there's a lot, there's a whole chapter in there. The book is about living your life purpose, but there's a whole chapter in there about this journey and how there's a lot more to physical problems that we have. There's, there's a spiritual meaning, you know, and I go into the spiritual meaning of copper and the numerology of copper. It's all very interesting. It's really interesting stuff. So you can check that out on my website, but copper is a, is a great conductor of energy. It's, it's a very numerology, numerologically, if I could say that right, uh, number, it's a numerologically significant number in many ways. I go into it in the book, but it's a very interesting mineral. So hope this has empowered you to make some wise decisions in your lifestyle and to maybe pursue a little bit more into the research about it and understand your own body. So thank you so much for listening as always. Thank you for being here. We'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. And until then, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.